0: You get a table. You order your drink. You listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the T and Speakeasy with your hosts Caleb, Eric, and Sean. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as life is beautiful. Movies based on rides and documentaries.
1: Like, I didn't like some of the cameos we had in uh, Nashville because it just felt like when what's his name from MASH uh, cameoed. um, I forget his name. Uh, From the movie, obviously, not from the show. Um, Donald Sutherland no the other one he he came to the party
2: in nashville in the movie nashville oh uh alan alda no um yes oh no not alan alda. It's, it's driving me crazy now um i think it is donald sutherland no it's not no get out of here he's not even bloody um it's not important i'll look it up you guys talk amongst yourselves He's a household... I'm looking it up right now. I don't know why it's... Elliot Gould! Elliot Gould! Elliot Gould!
1: Elliot Gould! That just felt so... Okay, Elliot Gould is showing his face in Nashville. la da I don't care about him.
0: Um, Did he even have much of a career at that point?
1: No, he did. He did. He did. Because Nashville Nashville was post-MASH, but also Elliot Gould was in a bunch of those um, BBS movies... BBS and BBS type movies, that whole new wave of 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 gritty seventies or late sixties, I should say. Elliot Gould, he was in that movie with the four people who sleep together. Oh, Bob and Carol and Ted Ted and Alice. Yes, yes. So yeah, Elliot Gould was hot shit at the time. Granted, yes, um, but I just felt it was like if if Leonardo DiCaprio or uh, um. What's his name? If one of those guys walked into a movie in their prime, uh, the prime of their careers, and, and we're just doing a little uh, cameo, and I was like, oh, Elliot Gould. Ugh.
2: Whatever. I don't know. I, maybe I have personal problems that I'm hashing out on the podcast. I don't know what it is. Maybe you should call up Elliot and say, hey, Elliot, we haven't talked since you divorced Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Elliot Gould was
1: this guy who had this amazing you know He was hot in the pan in the late 60s through the 70s. But if you hear him in later life get interviewed, he's one of those guys like, oh, so tell me about your, t-, like, if you interview him now, tell me about your time at M.A.S.H. M.A.S.H., really? You gotta bring- You want to talk about that? Like, don't you want to talk about my off-Broadway play that I'm doing right oh. now? He comes across as such a douchebag um, in modern interviews. Really? Like, he could give a fuck, like, talking about the stuff you want to talk to him about. He just... I don't know. This is the way he comes
0: off. I just <laughs> recently saw him in uh, Contagion. He shows up in there. So there you oh. go. <laughs> anyway, Didn- Elliot Gould? Yeah, he's in Contagion. Shit. <laughs> Didn't he also play Ross's dad on Friends? He did. That's where I know him from, primarily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah not, a, uh, not a...
1: Well, don't ask him about his time on Friends. He'll be like, I don't even remember. That's probably what he would say.
0: Yeah, and I'll say, uh, you weren't memorable either. <laughs> but... <laughs> But anyway <laughs> don't want to insult him too much but no not particularly funny he's another person who I feel like has a comedy shtick that he occasionally pulls out and I'm just like oh I don't want to see you performing your uh, your bit but but anyway yeah well you
2: know what Eric why don't you just go watch some Jim Jarmusch films for next time <laughs> okay come
0: back okay just because we're talking about Jim Jarmusch are we yeah I've always I've been a fan of his everything dead man and I was like oh I gotta check out more of this director's work like he seems like an interesting filmmaker no everything else I've seen I'm just like Ugh. like he did that dead don't die movie
1: so you're saying that's his
0: best work I, I haven't seen everything he's done by any means but I saw dead don't die recently thought that was pretty bad saw coffee and cigarettes the feature film version not the shorts that was like bloated and terrible. Um, he did another something samurai movie, which I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. Do you guys know which one I'm talking about with Force Whitaker? Samurai. Dogs. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah Ghost, that, dog. Ghost Dog. Yeah. That yeah. Dude. Yeah. But I, I caught
1: it the moment I enjoyed it. But I caught it when it came out.
0: Yeah, it wasn't terrible. There was some buzz around it at the time. But I was kind of like, uh, like I don't fully know how I feel about it. I think it was called Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai. That's it. There we go.
1: Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And
0: so I, I'm not quite sure about how I feel about that filmmaker at this point, but, but anyway, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just the booze and maybe bring that up. But anyway, have you seen Have you seen Down by Law with Roberto Benigni? <laughs> oh, uh, a Pinocchio. Roberto yeah. <laughs> no, I've not seen that one. <laughs> like Shaw loves his work no 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 thank you bye-bye bye-bye i think i only know him from pinocchio and seeing that as a kid and being like this is kind of weird but kind of interesting at the same time <laughs> wait a minute pinocchio just came out a couple years ago uh didn't he do that didn't at- it no i'm pretty sure that came out sometime in the 90s uh, i'm gonna
2: get double guess your police work there uh roberto because I remember when we did Life is Beautiful, I was like, oh, the last thing he did was...
0: Or maybe it was the early aughts? I, I'm going to look this up, too. Let's see here. Sometime when I was a kid. No, Pinocchio came out in 2019.
2: Or are you thinking of Pistachio? Oh, no, you're right. There was another version
0: of Pinocchio from 2002. Yeah, this is the one I'm thinking of when he plays live-action version of Pinocchio. <laughs> it was like a weird kid film. Came out when I was. Oh,
1: age. Benini spent. Benini plays. Wait, hold on. Is he in both? Did he do another? Play? Yes. Yeah. In Pinocchio, two thousand two, Benini plays Pinocchio. In twenty nineteen, he plays Geppetto.
0: What? <laughs> He's returned even after that terrible film. He did another one. What? I. He he plays in both movies. Wow. Okay. Wow. Maybe he felt so like <laughs> like I'm committed to this. I'm not going to let this go. I'm turn return to Pinocchio. Well, I'll li- I'll live a very
2: happy life, never seeing any of these movies at all because I can't fucking understand that guy. <laughs> That's so funny. I seriously, we watched that. Uh, what's that film called? Life is beautiful. Fuck me. No, life is not beautiful. I want this to end now. I can't. I remember when that movie first came out, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's so great! This Italian movie." I think people just felt glad they went to go see a foreign movie and they enjoyed it. Um, No, I oh my god, we've talked about this. I thought it was so sweet. The end. I thought
0: whatever. I thought if there was ever a Holocaust movie that's also a date movie, it's this one. I bought that movie for you guys' podcast. I meant to watch it, and it just I fell off and. I never got around to watching it. It's a good
2: movie. No, it's not. It's not a good movie. It's and it's silly. It's unrealistic. <laughs> it's just...
1: yeah. When I was a kid, you know, every now and then, my dad would drag me to the uh, the art house, well, the art house movie in San or the the theater that will show the art house movies in San Antonio. And whenever we went to that theater, I always knew I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I don't know what we're about to see. You know what I mean? And that was one of those movies, and it was like, oh, this is a good one. This is one I like. And I remember I wanted to buy it on VHS, like, as soon as it was going to come out um, after seeing it. And that's that's Life is Beautiful? Yes, because I thought – again we talked about it. But the first half I just think is super funny. I think most of all – oh, my God. Speaking of what's funny, why do I think that so many of those gags are really funny in that movie in the first half, in the happy half? Um And then, obviously, the whole Holocaust stuff. But then, there's something about... Oh, I think I must have told Shami it's because he doesn't have kids or something. There's something about doing everything for your son, even if it's, like, trying to trick him to making making him think that these horrors are... We're not really in this terrible place. Yeah, well, let me tell you
2: something. Yeah, it's lucky. That son turned out lucky. One small move... And he would have had to have counseling for the rest of his life. He had no idea what he was in store for. I, you know, assuming he lived, check it out, Caleb. the movie. I just, I just can't, I can't with the movie. It's not a long movie. It's like an hour and a half.
0: I just can't stand it's good. the guy. Yeah, I'm looking at my DVD right now. I, I keep meaning to watch that, but just since you were talking about kids uh, going to therapy, just last night I watched the movie called uh, The Florida Project. You guys, seen that? Oh yeah, oh that's really good. Yeah, good that's movie, cool. but god damn those those poor kids. I mean, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old world. To hope. yeah, yeah. There's there's no good there's no good ending to that. After the camera stopped rolling, it's not gonna uh, you no. know. I actually thought the ending was really bizarre. Like it switched to like shot on like an iPhone, and then they're going through Disneyland. I was like, uh, what's going on? Like, why does this look so weird? And it just ended. Are they really in Disneyland or? Yeah, it was Disney. Yeah, they really filmed in Disney World. I guess just legally, that's why they shot in like an iPhone. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, Escape from Tomorrowland? No, I didn't see that one. I heard a lot oh. of good things, but I didn't. I missed it. Weirdo movie. I, <laughs> I was not.
2: Oh, was it the Disney one? No, it's uh, it's basically this family goes on vacation to Disney World, and they shot it with guerrilla tactics. They brought a a, a, a camera in there, and they. You because know, Disney won't let you film in their park. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that in Tomorrowland, behind the scenes, it's like, um, like it's, uh, I don't know. It sounds know. like Westworld
1: or something. Yeah,
2: it's like Westworld behind the scenes, and it's all weird, and they're, they, they, he finds out about it, and they go after him. And if this sounds great, it's not that great. Yeah, you're making it sound good. What year is that from? I know,
0: I know. think 2013 or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, because, so no relation to, like, the Disney flop. No. Is it called Tomorrow <laughs> World? With George Clooney? That's what I thought you were talking about at first. It was, and uh, Oprah Winfrey? The,
0: the relation is the Escape from Tomorrowland is, is the uh, ride that that movie was based on. The George Clooney one.
1: Oh. Because
0: of George Clooney Right, right, I knew that. Yeah.
1: I knew that, or sort of.
0: Yeah, Disney was doing that. I guess Pirates yeah. kicked it off, but they also had that, yeah. uh, Jungle Cruise and... Was the Eddie Murphy one? Um... Oh, the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion, yes.
1: Oh, forgot about that.
0: Of course, the uh, the Bears one. Oh, fuck. What's that one called? The Jamboree Bears. Yeah, something like that. <laughs>
1: I don't really know that one. Y'all are... But then again, I'm the guy who's never been to Disneyland or Disney World, and I don't know all the rides.
0: Yeah, movies based on rides. Now, that's a real kind of esoteric uh, try to try to movement to do. Yeah. I'm going to get a story out of a ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I
1: don't... we're done with the podcast, right?
0: Oh, Yeah did we say i guess we said final thoughts so, yeah
1: yes we, so speaking of things that like you know like you say like things that are based on rides don't do work or or like battleship based on a
0: oh know, yeah board Milton game
1: bradley game or something um well this is more for caleb than for sean but um have you heard of the, that series on netflix arcane and have you checked it out
0: yeah a girl i'm seeing is trying to recommend to me that we do a podcast on it and i was like oh. have,
1: have you checked it out yet
0: no, I haven't watched any of it.
1: So, Sean, another thing that's doomed to fail is whenever you make a show or a movie based on a, like a video game, like it almost always goes wrong. And Arcane is based upon this really popular video game that I don't play and know very little about. And so when I heard Netflix had this series, animated series based on it, I was like, yeah, okay, well, I don't play that game. Or, you know, I'm not that interested. But I've just been hearing so much about the series being so damn good I started watching it a week ago or so. It's fucking amazing. Wow. The writing is amazing. The world building is amazing. The animation, it's 3D CGI, but it's unique. And it's amazing for a quote-unquote television or episodic show. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This is so good. Like, this is like the best thing that's based off a Mm. video game. And so then I was like, I know a little bit about the game, but not very much. So then I was trying to figure out. So how much of this is actually in the game? And apparently, this is not the, like this lore is made up for the show, you know? Because apparently, the game they don't get into all this backstory this deeply. So I guess you know. Okay, fine. But it's really good, and in, you'd have to be into. Um, it's a typical story of like the has and have nots, you know, that idea that the people who live in the overworld and the underworld of the same city and. And it, it, it sort of has a um, – I don't want to – it's like a it – it's, it's of a steampunk period, but I don't want to say that because that's a turnoff for a lot of people just when you say steampunk. Is it? Hmm. Uh, let's just say it's steampunk done right, I guess. But I'm just saying it's just – it's completely shocking to me how good it is. Uh, and I'm told – and if you were to watch it, either of you, you watch the first two episodes and you think, okay, this is a strong – Adult animated show, and then episode three—that's the one that'll hmm. shock and surprise you. And then episode three is when you're like, "Oh shit, they're not holding punches," meaning like you think I'm not really—I'm not trying to spell too much or anything, but it's like you think this character is a main character, and then when that person gets killed, you're like, "Oh shit, okay, I, I guess I don't know what can happen in this show." Hmm. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow. So, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, just the animation itself—it's fucking gorgeous. Uh, it, it looks like it looks like three D paintings that are brought to life. Uh, yeah, you. But anyway, yeah, you reminded Arcane. me.
0: A couple of years ago, I started this r- retrospective, going through all the video game based movies. Which, by the way, has been one of the most miserable choices that I've made in many years. It's been an absolute well, pain fest. What? Uh, going through all, all the movies based on video games. Oh, God. Been nothing of misery, <laughs> but
1: misery. <laughs> but I don't know why you'd even do that. But yeah,
0: that's, whatever. that's uh, what are you, a sadist? Or a masochist? It was a, a podcast. A podcast I followed started doing it, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll go and do it too, except they didn't do any of the animation, but I do the animation, so. But uh, I recently watched In the Name of the King, another Yui uh, e. Bowl film, and that was starring a, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Statham. And um, Matthew Bullard showed up in like 2011. That was the last thing I've seen him do in The Name of the King. So so I don't know what happened to that guy's career. but That's a video game movie? Yep, based on Dungeon Siege. Never even would have thought. Yeah,
2: what happened? I, wow. th- I know he was in The Descendants, uh, that uh, Alexander Payne movie. Oh. I think he's doing Shaggy now uh, on the cartoons and stuff. Because he's now the voice of Shaggy.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing him in those live-action ones as a kid. So, he was okay at that.
2: Wow, he does a lot of voiceover work now. Oh, he played a serial killer in Critical Role. And when I say serial killer, I mean serial like with milk. Oh, boy. (laughs) I've got a question. So, uh, uh, supposedly, Tom Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones, but he turned down the part to play Magnum P.I., and obviously they hired Harrison Ford. Well, you guys know the Chippendales, the the chipmunks from Disney? Have you ever seen where they had one dressed up as Magnum P.I. and the other one dressed up as Indiana Jones? No. I wonder if that's on purpose. No? Okay. Oh. Never mind. That's interesting. That sounds uh, like a
1: good theory. interesting, yeah. Um... I'm trying to think, when did Magnum P.I. the series start?
2: 80- oh, yeah, this, it, the timeline fits. I almost thought it started in the 70s, but it started in the 80s. I know this because they had a crossover Murder, She Wrote episode. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Chippendales?
2: But... Oh, yeah, I like those 80s
1: crossover episodes. I always want to know why they were called Chippendales Rescue Rangers and why the other guys were called Chippendales. Because I for sure thought you were talking about the
0: dancers at first. I thought so, too. I was sure you were going to the dancers. No, no.
2: I mean, before the dancers, there was Chip and Dale, the cartoon characters. And before them, there was the Chip and Dale uh, like style of chairs or something that was
0: old and antique-ish. You
2: know? No?
0: Okay. No, I, whenever I hear the name, I just I mean, I think of the the topless men in like black uh, jeans or whatever. Flailing around on stage. But well, you gotta have the cuffs. Cuffs, yeah. There you go. They're all gay, by the way. And I think of Robert sadar kind of a '80s uh, artifact. Robert Siddar. if you know who that is. But oh, oh, Sean. When I was uh, I went on vacation just a little while ago, and I always like to check out bookstores whenever I go on vacation to new places. Hmm. And I found a copy of the Thousand and One Movies" uh, book. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't buy it because it was gigantic. But
2: <laughs> what was on the
0: cover? Ah, uh, what was on the cover? I don't remember. It was like a white version. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I I think it was maybe 2014, I think it's what it said on the back. Mm. So it may have had Jack Nicholson from The Shining on the cover. Yeah, the, the one I'm looking at right now just has like a smear of of posters. I don't think it was that mm-hmm.
2: one. Mm.
0: But it did, I don't think it was one particular image, but I don't think it's the one I'm looking at. Yeah, they come out with a new one every year. So do they, have, do they like, screen out other ones? Like, this This is no longer up to snuff, we're going to cut yes. you.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, but it mostly stays the same, though, right? It mostly stays the same, but, like, um, there is this um, Luis Buñuel movie that they removed, and then they replaced it with another Buñuel movie, um, but most oh, of the ones that they remove are newer movies. Like there will be fourteen movies from 1944 in there, but only one from 2015. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. And I find I find that really annoying. Well, I'm curious which Bunel film. Wow, was that Avatar on the cover of this? Avatar was included in that at some point.
2: Oh yeah, still is. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, boy. As it should be. The Bunel film that was the Bunnell movie that was uh, removed was la Hoven or the young one. Oh okay. right i haven't seen that one hmm. bald brian uh did the same thing earlier
0: today
1: on the podcast oh my god he said something dumb about a movie the other day I, I forgot what it was
0: oh is this every day for for him apparently with with uh, his podcast no,
1: I, I don't even listen to the same podcast that uh sean listens to but it's the same guy um so i mean dude he watches, well, he's like you, Kelly. He, he watches everything, or most everything. He, he, so he's got that. But it's for such a movie lover, Brian, Ball Brian, he watches all these movies, wide range of things. But in my <laughs> he's one of those movie reviewers who, if you read his hot takes on different movies, whatever they are, they, they come across as very from the, the normie perspective. If you know what I mean, mm. so he tends to like things that are popular, um, but he but he tends to also not like movie that are movies that are artsy fartsy popular um, yeah, or esoteric. Like, he, he's yeah. not into that. He's you know he's more into like standard populism. Uh, he
2: does like uh, documentaries, though. Yes, that's true. Um, in fact, he mentioned a documentary today that we're going to have to watch on Netflix, and it's called uh, White Hot, which is basically the history of Abercrombie and Fitch and their catalog. And right, all that. yeah,
1: yeah. I heard him talk about that.
2: I really want to see that because I don't know if you remember the old Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs, but Tom used to collect them, and then he sold them. I
1: didn't, I didn't know the catalogs. I knew, I knew the store and the, and the clothing, but not the catalogs.
2: Yeah, they were hot. And not only that, they weren't just... Magazines—they were like, I don't know how to describe it, but they were full about. They had mostly men, but there were women in there where they showed everything. But it was so fucking sexy, all black and white.
0: Oh, really? I, I could imagine. Yeah. I never Very saw good. them, but
1: I could imagine. But that's the other thing. Like, I like some documentaries too, but I don't like documentaries like across the board. Like, I just, I just can't because I don't know. That's a, another issue I have. There, there's, there's. There's too many documentaries that when I watch them, I, I feel the through line, and I feel like the director's strings yeah. pulling at me, and I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. No, nope. like I, oh
2: uh, well, okay, okay, that's that's actually fair. Um, that's what I thought watching the Mister Rogers documentary that everybody has seen and loves. Um, I, I feel like everything in that documentary I've seen online already, like him testifying in front of the um con- Congress. But then you watch a movie like um, Jesus Camp, and you're like, they don't have Ooh. any kind of talking head people. They don't have the direct. They have the director's view, and yeah. of course, they they've got a camera. Fl- but there's no talking heads. There's not the director asking questions. They just show what's going on, and it's like, fuck.
0: Yeah, very disturbing.
2: It <laughs> is extremely disturbing. Or uh, my favorite of all time, uh, Paradise Lost. Uh, where they show some news footage, and then they go, you know, the second half of the movie. Have you ever seen that? No. I don't know what that one is. Paradise Lost, you it? No, that doesn't ring any yeah. bells. Fuck! Oh, my God, you guys. This is one of the classic documentaries. It was an HBO documentary, and I think it came out in the early 90s, and basically there were three little kids that were killed, and it was in West Memphis, Arkansas. Which I think is on the border of Tennessee. And um, three little kids were killed. And I think they were molested, but I'm not sure. And the town immediately focused on these three kids that were friends. And they were all into heavy metal. They dressed really goth. And automatically, it was like the satanic panic.
0: Oh, I have heard of this. Hmm.
2: They went to trial. And I don't want to talk about what happened at trial. But it is... Like fucking watching a narrative movie. It is so good, and you will be so angry at the end of it. and And they had two sequels, sequels to a documentary. Yeah, uh, that's it, a great. That's one of the greatest documentaries of all time. Um, and I've heard people talk about Errol Mor- Morris's The Thin Blue Line. I've never seen that. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but uh,
1: I, I don't watch a bunch. But the ones that stuck stuck out to me, like in the last 15 years, were uh, uh, what is it? The kid stays in the picture. Mm. That's a very popular one. I Always wanted to see that. that that's a good one. That's a great yeah. one. I mean, that's like that's up there. That one's fascinating. Um, and then the Senna one about the Formula One driver from Brazil. I think uh, that that's a very strong one. Very very good. But again, that's not my thing though. I mean, seeking out all these documentaries and stuff because because too many of them. I, I'm, I start to think fake oh, or you're manipulating the story too much
0: yeah i was gonna say because uh, on one note i make a list of like i probably got like 40 directors on there and that's what i use when i go through all directors films i'll i'll watch them all in on the one note that i made but i never include documentaries it's so, like martin scorsese he's made so many films i just cut out all of his documentaries cause i'm like fuck all that bullshit I just want to watch the narrative films because he's made who knows how many documentaries really i just don't even bother with that stuff i'm not even sure why because i usually when i watch watch documentaries i like them but whenever i do direct retrospectives i just don't bother with any of their documentary work yeah i don't think i i don't think i've watched a documentary since uh netflix started putting out those documentary series that they would put out for a little while i think the last big one they did was uh was it tiger king Oh, no, there's been a couple since then. Yeah, there's been more. Yeah, I watched the first episode of Tiger King, and I never finished it. (laughs) Um,
2: They they did a a John Wayne Gacy one, which is basically a a rehash of the one that was made for Peacock. Um, They have a Jimmy Savile one. I think you both know who that is, right?
1: Sounds familiar, but I don't know. Jimmy
0: Savile? Savile?
2: Jimmy Savile was in... um, because This is kind of directed to Doctor Who connected, I should say. He was a children's programmer. Um, oh, you know who I'm talking about now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and he was a, a big, huge, famous uh, uh celebrity. Yeah, I've heard
1: jokes about and, this guy,
2: yeah. And oh, uh, Jimmo fixed it, right? He he looked like a witch, like imagine like John Pertwee, but like a witch,
1: sure. I, I
2: mean, John Pertwee already looks like a witch, kind of. Yeah,
1: I can picture it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, oh yeah yeah, no
2: yeah but no like more pointy nose more you know not as curly hair and um and this guy he had a, a show called jim will fix it for kids he he did a lot of charity shit and it, it turned out that this piece of shit was just molesting kids left and right like it's, it was like a real
1: bad yeah I heard some of this I just never read into it It was
2: uh, as bad as Jeffrey Epstein except not as like you know he didn't have that much money he didn't own an island and Netflix uh, took out a documentary about him and Steve told me about it of course and uh, I showed it to Tom he's like I don't know who that is I don't want to watch that so Mr. Grumpy Grump won the day (laughs) Uh, but yeah uh, I don't know